Hello. Test, test, test. Hello, hello. <laughs> All right, we're back at it. Back at it again with a white van. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if my name was Daniel. Um, Damn, Daniel. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> so yeah, we've completed the challenge, the song challenge in our other podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, there might be spoilers. I don't know. In this episode is what I'm saying. Fair warning. Yeah. So you should pause this, go listen to that, and then come back and listen to this. You'll love it, honestly. But even if you don't, that's okay. Um, we're, this is our fifth episode here, and we actually weren't originally going to be recording tonight because I originally would have been recovering from surgery right about now. But that didn't happen. So we, now instead, it's... You're recovering from a cold. Reco- yeah, I'm recovering from a cold. Yes, exactly. So, so that's fine. And I'm recovering from taking care of you. Yeah, because that's traumatic. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you know, it's that man flu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, I, th- I think it was uh, gender neutral flu. <laughs> yeah. I don't think fevers care about genders. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not in the least bit. So, anyway, so how you been? How have I been? Yeah, how have you been? Oh, I thought you were asking our listeners how they've been. Well, I... Of course, you wouldn't get an answer right, right away. So, yeah, um, it's, it's not like we're... So it makes sense that you'd be asking me that. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I've been okay. I've been very anxious. Uh, working my ass off. Really? What, what are you working your ass off for? Cleaning stuff. Yeah? Trying to keep litter box from getting too full so that the new cat doesn't decide to use other parts of the house as a litter box. And right. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's news since last episode. But is it? I thought that maybe we had... Mi- oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, we might have know. mentioned it, but maybe. it's uh, we haven't... It we haven't recorded on this podcast since... Since before. The first of the year. Yeah, since before the first of the year, right? So I guess you're right. We didn't get the cat until after that. Yeah. So so new cat in the house and new cat and old cat do not like each other. We're, yeah. not, we're not surprised. They, they seem to have, at least when someone's around, they got a more or less uneasy truce as long as they don't have to be in the same space together. Yeah. You know. Uh, new cat's okay. He's getting used to the fact that the other cat's being a bitch. So, he's right. like, whatever. Yeah. I'm laying here. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. Well, they'll get a pecking order and then things will be okay. <laughs> so any anything else uh, exciting, you know, or you're not, uh, you're not, um, or you said you're cleaning. Is that um, all you said? Not organizing? I don't know about the organizing. I've been, fuck, I don't know. Been doing a lot of laundry lately. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Because that kind of piled up. You're just not taking the lead that I'm trying to throw out there. And, uh, about us buying a house. I was going to, but I was talking. I mean, you asked me how I'm doing. Yeah. So I was kind of going to lead up to that. Well, then but I yeah. asked you what have you been up uh, to. Anxious over this house stuff. Yeah. Like losing confidence. And then. Oh, you were. Right. Yes. Yeah. And now things are looking up. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it seems to be the way things go with this deal. Remember when we were looking at houses and we put an offer in on this place and it was like we were waiting and waiting and waiting to see, um, you know, if they were accepting the offer and then we found out, okay, there's a counter offer 
and mm -hmm. we said, yeah, that's good. So I went in, signed signed the offer, signed the counter offer thing, said, yeah, we're doing it, boom. I might have electronically signed that one. I may not have had to go into the office. But anyway, so we sent it in. So then it was like, we're, we were like, well, are they going to accept it or not? Are they going to accept ours, someone else's? What's going on? What's going on? And but I think that we impressed the real estate agent that well, was listing the property no, I, too. I'm, so I think we did as well. But, but my point being is right when we were like all, well, geez, if we don't, I mean, if they're not going to let us know, then let's just look at other places too. Let's not let these things go, go by us and that, you know? Yep. And as soon uh, as I mentioned that one house that was a little higher, but a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, here in, yeah. The one here in town. backyard. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I texted our real it estate went agent. Pending, and as soon as that went pending, then we found out that. Well, no, because remember I had texted our real estate agent and said, so we don't want to like, you know close out or give up on the deal or the offer that we ha are waiting to find out on but we also don't want to miss out on some other opportunities of places so we're thinking maybe looking at this place or whatever and she goes oh no no i got an email this morning they accepted mm -hmm. your offer remember that yeah so yeah so it was like basically right when we were like well maybe it's not okay, going to go yeah maybe it was the else. day after that 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 other house that we yeah. were thinking about looking at yeah was pending a sale and so then the same thing here you were you know you were like oh, i'm just getting anxious i started looking at another house already because i was i was started feeling like well maybe i should look just to you know wait you're talking about now yeah oh this okay. week because oh. i started getting anxious and i'm like well i don't want to I want to keep my eye out. Mm -hmm. I want to know how the the market's going because I know right. after the first of the year things went up. Mm -hmm. And there was a house that was a two-story, super cute. Might have needed a little bit of work. I know it needed some paint on the outside, that's for sure. But uh, it was a little bit bigger than the house that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And it went down in price. And so it was like under what our loan amount max thing was you know so right. it was like okay this might be an option maybe we should ask our real estate agent what she thinks mm -hmm. and then today she got in touch with you boom there it is so now i gotta get my surgery done yeah. <laughs> and i gotta get more packing done yeah well that'll be exciting but i'm okay with packing i don't as long as i have the materials that i need yeah i'm cool packing yeah i might get some paper cuts here and there but you know so we have gotten some emails they're from last year <laughs> but no we got an email uh a while back and i actually i i kind of well, we mentioned it in one of our recordings a while back, but we said we were going to address it later because one, it's about music, and two, it would tie in with our second season of the Song Challenge podcast. Mm -hmm. Here it is. You want me to read the question here? I sure do. So here's the question. This is a well-worded question, too. person obviously thought about the question. Actually, I have a couple other emails that we can share with a little later in this episode, but... This is the important one. It says, Dear Sid versus Coco. It, it actually doesn't say that. I'm just adding it. <laughs> I know you're both very into music and have some small experience with the goth subculture. I, well, I wouldn't say small, but, you know. <laughs> it seems the sound has changed and evolved quite a bit since it began, and there are so many different categories of goth music. What would you say is the best new goth band or music in the last five years? or even the last 10. Do you both agree? I have heard that the music is the most important part of that subculture with a nod to the fashion. What do you think of the direction or directions it's going? And it's signed by someone named Anne and 
they spell it A-N. So I don't know, it's like an anonymous emailer? It must be anonymous. An... Anonymous. An unicorn? <laughs> an anonymous. Okay, well, well, Miss Anonymous. Um, <laughs> I think that's actually an incredibly great, it's a great question. Question, and it makes me have to dig into my brain because I honestly can't tell you a goth band that I like that came out in the last ten years. Fair. I, I before we even dive into the question, I would like to provide some definitional framework. So we're going to talk about you? No. <laughs> Just kidding. I, basically, so. To, basically define some term and the reason being is you know pretty much everybody has heard of the goth kids or gothic subculture or gothic music and that and now they think of the emo kids as goth but they're not right goth, they're the emo. emo culture's been put in with that mm-hmm. and not only that a lot of the industrial subculture and music has yeah. been put into they've, that they've turned it into a cartoon when that's not really what it is yeah and and so it's it's there's this broad stroke of stuff that's like People wearing black listening to depressing music or dark music, and that's goth. Or, you know, that that one chick that's on that NCIS or CIS or whatever bullshit show. What where is she's NCIS like a, or CIS? Like, uh, it's like something to do with forensics, and she, like, is wearing her lab coat, but she's got her black pigtails and her jewelry on, and oh, she looks well, all, I, like, hot this is, out. This is on TV? Yes. Okay, because I don't know anything about stuff I've on been, TV. I think it was one of our friend's dads who told me that I reminded him of that character and I'm like thanks and that, I think I'm like wait no whoa okay <laughs> yeah well and I'm like that's not me at all so so what I'm going to tell all of our listeners blah, 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 blah. all of our listeners Oliver all of our listeners <laughs> and also Miss Anonymous who wrote in this question all right we're we're going to go with and and this may not be what every single person let me rephrase there are people out there who will hear would hear what i am about to say and shake their fist into the air and say that's not what goth really is man <laughs> true goth is this you know all i don't you, think that they would actually do that th- though they might they wouldn't shake a fist they might there's there's a lot of angst but the point being <laughs> all those people need to shut up because it's it's a very very far-reaching category of, of, of stuff. So, question centers around music, but before we get to that, let's start with goth subculture in general. Okay, and for that, we're going to go to the source, source of all human knowledge. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. This is what the Wikipedia entry on goth subculture says. It says, the goth subculture adopts dark fashion elements such as black clothing, dyed black hair, dark eyeliner, black fingernails, and black period-styled clothing, and a focus on gothic rock and a range of other musical genres. The goth subculture began in England during the early 1980s, where it was developed from the gothic rock scene itself an offshoot of the post-punk genre. Notable post-punk groups that presaged the genre include Susie and the Banshees, Joy Division, and Bauhaus. The goth subculture has survived much longer than others of the same era and has continued to diversify and spread throughout the world. Its imagery and cultural proclivities indicate influences from the 19th century gothic literature and gothic horror films. And that 
presumably is where the, the name gothic subculture comes from mm -hmm. from the architecture and literature movement um and and not to do with the um germanic tribes of the north that attacked and defeated rome because they were called the goths as well mm -hmm. uh, you know the visigoths uh, yes. and the ostrogoths i believe was what the two tribes the two major uh tribes were so, oh, okay, let me read this next little bit as well, too. It says, The goth subculture has associated tastes in music, aesthetics, and fashion. The music of the goth subculture encompasses a number of different styles, including gothic rock, industrial, death rock, post-punk, dark wave, ethereal wave, and neoclassical. Styles of dress within the subculture range from death rock, punk, and Victorian styles, or combinations of the above, most often with dark attire, often black, pale face makeup and black hair. The scene continues to draw interest from a large audience decades after its emergence. In Western Europe, there are large annual festivals, mainly in Germany. Pale faced makeup part is kind of funny because some of us don't have to do that. <laughs> right, yeah, oh, yeah, that is so true. And that's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Though in the summertime, I do get some color. Yeah, you, you get color in the summer just fine, like me too. Well, and that was funny. I mean, obviously, just the side note about the, the pale complexion, you spend less time in the sun and outside, and less time outside in general, you, you won't have the sunlight activating the melanin in your skin and your skin does grow, become paler, it becomes lighter. And even somebody like me who has normally kind of an olive tone mm -hmm. to my complexion, there was a while there that I would get fairly pale. It just, th this picture has lost the time. There's no telling where it went because obviously this picture was taken before digital cameras were really a thing, but. Obviously. Well, it's okay, not obviously, but I'm telling you. Um, there was a picture of me and Brandon, and I can't remember the other dude's name now that was with us. We were at Brandon's house in his room, and someone took our picture, but because the room was dark and our skin was kind of pale, and I probably had and some. There was a flash. Yeah, there was a flash. I probably had some. <laughs> the flash is always with I know. us. Too. I probably and did have some face uh, makeup on. But the point being is when we got that picture developed, it like there was like this white glow around us and mm -hmm. it looked just so weird and creepy and cool. We thought it was pretty cool, but you know, anyway, so, so there's that. But my, my point of all this being is that, yeah, the goth culture, goth subculture there is, uh, you know, there, there, there's the themes of kind of the macabre and the, and I want to make a distinction here. A lot of people say, oh, goth, goth culture is about being depressed and no, it's, it's not at all. Some people only see that part of it but there's actually, it's much deeper. It's, it's more about a very strong emotional experience, typically associated with themes of, you know, of loss and, and, and agony and, and despair. Those are the themes, but it's also about celebrating the darker side of life that is just, that's part of it, you know, like and just. And also it's, uh, you know, you might happen to want to do art with pastels. I just happen to want to do it with charcoal. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. It, it's definitely an, an aesthetic, you know, like I say, you know, just like, like they say, you know, uh, there's, or yeah, the two things in the world that are unavoidable is death and taxes, right? Yeah. And the point of the goth culture, it, it, part of it is that, and this comes from the literary association, is that, yeah, we're all going to die someday. And there's no reason to be afraid of it or to, to forget about it or try to push it aside and eschew it. Let's 
that's embrace embrace it and make it part of it you make know? it beautiful and thing instead yeah. of uh, so you know something that destroys lives or yeah or that we fear or anything like that mm-hmm. yeah so so that is goth subculture now the question though centered around music and like they said the goth subculture encompasses many musical styles gothic rock industrial death rock post-punk dark wave ethereal wave and neoclassical those are just lists they're Again, to you people out there saying, that's not really what goth is, you're also probably out there saying, well, it also includes this and this, and what about this, and, you know, there's people that like this, you know, I get it. (laughs) There's a lot of this. Yes, there's so much out there, and I am by no means ever trying to pigeonhole somebody saying, if you call yourself goth, then you have to be this way. Not at all. In fact, that is counter to everything about me understanding and being the goth kid that I always claimed to be. I was so goth that my mother told you the other day that, you know, she wanted to be a mortician. <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I'm going, that'd be pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, really, I just couldn't do it because I thought about kids. I wouldn't, I would have a really hard time oh, yeah. dealing with dead babies and, and kids that didn't even get to see, you know, adulthood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they're all kids. Sure. I mean, yeah, it'd be hard to see teenagers, but Mm -hmm. just little kids, I think that would be harder. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely would. So it was fascinating, and I I looked deep into it, and uh, I was going to go to American River College up in Sacramento area, and, you know, with the money and and transportation and just... I put all of those pieces together along with the feelings of like, what are you, how are you going to handle a child? You know, I'm like, yeah, maybe I just won't. Got all serious and shit. No, I was listening. <laughs> it was a great story. Yeah, you, interestingly, you know, when I uh, when I lost my job back in uh, 2008, when the economy turned here, uh, well, everywhere, but here in California specifically, <coughs> I was on vacation with my parents in Santa Cruz because, I mean, what else am I going to do? Right, and that's where they like to vacation. Yeah, they uh, and uh, and my son and I went to the cemetery in Santa Cruz, and I was talking to him, and I said to my son, I said, "Wouldn't it be cool if I got a job like as a groundskeeper at a cemetery?" Yeah, I could do that. I because I mean I, I know how to repair that. sprinklers and I can lawn mowers and make everything look nice. Oh my gosh, that would be so awesome. I mean, seriously, I know yeah. that there's people that, that you know, like cities that don't want to pay these people to upkeep as much, you mm-hmm. know, and so mm-hmm. yeah, they only have like one person that handles things, and one person can't handle all of it. Right, but right. I I mean. Besides having to mow some lawn, you know. You're going to maintain the sprinklers. Yeah. Wipe some headstones off a little and make sure that... You get to dig the graves, too. And, well... (laughs) But also, there are a lot of cats that hang out in cemeteries. Oh, yeah. And they shit all over the place. Oh, okay. I didn't think of it that way. I was just thinking, because cats, cats are cool. Well, no, cats are cool. But when you have a lot in one cemetery, that's a big toilet. Yeah. And so, it's like... Yeah. Someone needs to go out there and, and try to so, not just mow, but yeah. gather that crap. So, so did, did I, t- I didn't tell you, did I, that um, the the uh, San Joaquin National Cemetery, you know, the one down in Santa Anella, a lot of... Uh, That's where Stephen's dad is, isn't it? Correct, yeah. A lot of uh, military veterans mm-hmm. are there. We uh, the One of the contractors that we 
were hired through. Um, they were doing uh, some improvements, adding on another section to the cemetery with all the, the sprinkler systems and then laying out the monuments, you know, the little uh, concrete monuments that indicate where the lines and rows of the plots are going to be and all that. We were the subcontractor that were do, did all the survey work for it. And I so I got to draw the as-built surveys on that. So technically I have surveyed a cemetery. Of course, I haven't been out to that one. I was in charge of the survey for the cemetery. That's pretty goth, isn't it? That's so goth. Yeah. <laughs> You're really showing your goth card tonight. <laughs> I'm showing my goth card. I'm a land surveyor for uh, <laughs> for a cemetery. So let's talk about the music, though, because that's kind of what the question centered around. Now, I would like to start with the musical style that was the core of the gothic scene, that being gothic rock. Um, so we'll go back to Wikipedia briefly. Gothic rock, also referred to as goth rock or simply goth, you can't see it, but I'm throwing the horns up right now, is a style of rock music that emerged from the post-punk scene in the late 70s. The first post-punk bands with shifted towards dark music with gothic overtones include Susie and the Banshees, Joy Division, Bauhaus, and The Cure. A lot of people don't realize that because when they hear The Cure, they think, you know, Friday I'm in love and... Just like heaven. Just like heaven, yeah, but I'm trying to think of another song off of Wish besides Friday I'm in Love that was all poppy happy. Well, they had their single called Hi. What are you doing? Is that another beer over? Yeah, but it, yeah, hold on a minute. <gasps> Let's get through this <gasps> here. But the point is, the first the first Cure albums were so dark. They like they were they were depressing. Like Robert Smith even said of the of their fourth album, if the last album pushed you to the edge of the cliff, this one will send you over. And I was like that was a pretty cool quote. Anyway, it says the the genre itself was defined as a separate movement from post-punk due to its darker music accompanied by introspective and romantic lyrics. Uh, it then gave rise to a broader subculture that included clubs, fashion, and publications, etc. in the 80s. So, what, what do you got to say about goth rock? Like what I think of it or yeah. like what bands I like? Sure, all what? of it. Just talk about well, it. The first thing I'm thinking about right now is Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Now, their music can be all over the place. Yeah, very much so. But the reason I'm thinking about this is because in the movie Dumb and Dumber, okay. there's a scene where Lloyd Christmas... I always forget his last name is Christmas <laughs> in the movie. ...goes to like a mini mart or something to pick up some stuff and he's got that goofy like looking foam cowboy hat thing mm -hmm. and he's got like you know the case of beer and his hands are full and he sees the the old lady and he's like oh do you mind holding my stuff while I'll go break a dollar you know that <laughs> that scene I think so yeah okay and then uh uh what does it say what, what does he say he says something like you know they're right senior citizens although slow and something something can still serve a purpose right I'll I be right back one. don't you go dying on me I and she gives him a dirty look. Right. Because she's like on her like rascal scooter. Yeah. All right. So then it cuts to he returns to the apartment. He's completely just upset. And, and Harry's asking him what's wrong. And he's like, I got robbed by a sweet little lady on a motorized cart. I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> well, that sweet little old lady recently passed away. Mm. 105 years old. And that's unfortunate. What is that? have to do with Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds? That was goth. Like the, the goth like little insert like when we were talking about goth and he's goth music and that song Red Right Hand Yeah. is playing throughout the scene. Oh, okay. So there's the tie-in. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was doing. What was the tie-in to Nick <laughs> and Cave? And she died so that was like goth as well. Right. Okay. 
Sorry. Okay. I didn't, yeah, because you didn't say that that's all yeah. was playing during the scene. That's why I was like, I, I don't I see. I told that story poorly. No, you told the story wonderfully. I just didn't get the connection. Yeah. Okay. I meant to say that that song, Red Right Hand, was being played over the part where he's like got all the stuff in his arms and he's got like mm -hmm. one of the, those little paddle with the balls that have like yep. little rubber string thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, <laughs> you know, yep. like, like trying to play with it and it's like going all over the place because yep. he's being a big goober. Right. Well, yeah. anyway. No, that's, that's great. I mean, what it does, that gives a cultural touchstone to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds uh, <laughs> to our listeners. Miss Anonymous might get that one quite well. So now this was almost not really an argument, but I mentioned my friend Brandon earlier, who's dead. So that makes this episode double goth because now that's twice mentioning a dead friend of mine, right? Yeah. Jerk had to go and die on us. Yeah. Well, he hadn't been in contact with us for a while either. Yeah. And so it's kind of sad that when he did die, we couldn't like just show up to things. Yeah. And whatever. But well, anyway. that being said, um, he <clears throat> and I would often argue over who started goth, quote unquote. Right. He swore every time conversation ever came up between us that the damned basically oh. invented goth rock. No, I disagree. I, I don't deny that they were absolutely instrumental. I mean, anybody who's listened to The Damned and hears Dave Vanian's voice and knows anything about goth rock is like, oh, well, yeah, listen to Dave Vanian. That's goth singer extraordinaire. Absolutely true. And I have so much to add to this, but continue. Uh, and to counterpoint that, many of the bands that people will say are, were uh, progenitors of goth music, such as Susie and the Banshees, the Cure, Joy Division. Susie Sue, from what I understand, will get pissed at anybody that tells her that she's goth. Robert Smith, I don't know if he's necessarily got an opinion one way or another about that, but even given how dark The Cure's early stuff was, I get why you could say they're not a goth band per se. Bauhaus is the other band though that I would say it was like right there on the verge of the whole when gothic rock became a named thing. Yeah. Bauhaus was in their swing and Bauhaus heyday. Bauhaus was to me the first goth band that I ever fell in love with. Yeah absolutely so um, I agree I, I would probably say for me as well. You know, when, when I mean, I'd heard like Susie and, and mm -hmm. other bands and, you know, The Cure, but I didn't think of The Cure and The Smiths or anything like that as, as goth no. rock, even though the people that liked The Cure dressed all like goth-like and right. everything. Exactly. And, uh, for me, it was, uh, you know, Susie, I I heard Peekaboo and uh, Kiss Them For Me. Those mm -hmm. aren't really goth songs at all. No. And that's what I no, they're not. first heard, you know. They're so like psychedelic punk rock is one way yeah. I've heard them described. I mean, they're fantastic it's, it's music. Like they have different things that they do. You know, mm -hmm. it's just not all just mm -hmm. one label. Yeah, um, exactly. What I was going to say, though, was to talk about The Damned. Mark Bolin mm -hmm. had a big kind of role in helping Dave Vanian and The Damned become a thing. Oh, really? And because he, he, he loved them. Oh. And so sometimes people will mention that he was the one that was like the the person that started the punk movement. Oh, oh you mean Mark Bolin? Yeah, Mark Bolin yeah. because he started changing. I mean, he started getting really experimental yeah. after T-Rex broke up mm -hmm. and, and he was doing his own thing. So he was listening right. to these bands and just 
caught on and, and that was right there in like and, and 75 76 yeah. when this stuff was all coming out all this experimental stuff mm -hmm. like the what they're what they're calling that early punk rock and then post-punk stuff started like coming around with new sounds like you said mm -hmm. now uh, and those people who've listened to uh the 80s new wave song challenge podcast that we did um you'll remember that we talked about new wave being something that came out of post-punk mm -hmm. so you see these are all related here they're all very very much related so that I, I think that's one important thing to keep in mind when you're talking about music is that many people want to make hard and fast categories of this category is this and that and feel that they could point at any song and say either it's in or out of the category and i don't think that's true i think there's lots and lots of stuff both individual songs and you know and music groups, um, uh, albums, etc., that straddle these lines and they cross between associated and related genres and stuff, you know. So so that, that's, I think, out of all the stuff that we'll end up talking about on this podcast and the podcast we continue to do, to keep in mind that all of this stuff is interconnected in one way or another. You can always find the connections back. And especially with the stuff that we listen to, probably why we like it so much is because there's so much interconnectivity to it, yeah. you know. So yeah, so that would be, you know, like the early days of the of the whole gothic rock is you've got those bands like Bauhaus, The Damned, Susie and the Banshees, even though, you know, she'd probably slap the both of, both of us for saying, <laughs> her, calling her goth. Early Cure stuff, for sure, I would say that. Now what uh, about Christian Death? Would you say that they're more post-punk? Um, I would say they're most more post-punk. I would say they're more death rock. Oh, okay. You know, you're talking about the early stuff with the Roz Williams. Yes. Yeah, that's the that's the only yeah. Christian death I know, or, or I mean, not know, but like. <laughs> and and we'll admit to listening to, and you don't want to bring up the fact that when we saw Christian death a few Ooh, years girl. back with Valor, oh my gosh, it was horrible. It was so bad we left. I know. What did we we say like through maybe three or four songs? No, we got a little more than that, okay. I think. But it was. So but, oh I mean, my we, god! We, it was literally like halfway in the show, and it's like okay. I'm done. And we didn't feel bad about leaving because we knew that the people that we were there with, or, well, the person that we were there with, yeah, yeah. he was just like, what the hell's going well, on? He, too, had, so had we basically said, like... we were all on the same page. Yep, yep. Whew. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That, but, yeah, so... At least we didn't put too much money out for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, yeah, Christian, Christian Death, definitely goth rock-ish, possibly more death rock than goth rock, I guess. You know? Um, but, again... I might be splitting hairs here. You know what I mean? If there's somebody out there that just feels Christian death is the epitome of goth bands, then great. You know, that's, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't argue, that's not a hill I'm going to fight and die on. Yeah. You know, it's not like somebody is out there trying to tell me that Eminem is a goth rocker. Now, what about uh, Love and Rockets? No, no, definitely not goth. What would you, what would you Ooh, they're, like, <sighs> that's hard. Yeah, uh, they're kind of an experimental rock kind of thing because they did some really different stuff. Um, experimental rock jazz. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. The, that was a joke. <clears throat> I know. For, for our listeners um, who may not know this connection, Love and Rockets is a three-piece band that is three of the four members of Bauhaus. So basically they were Bauhaus that kicked out Peter Murphy and changed the name, sort of, but well, not really. Well, th there was an intermediate, <laughs> intermediate step because uh, with Tones on Tail. Mm -hmm. And Tones on Tail was an extremely experimental band. In fact... More dancey and kind of pop, not poppy. Well, but on about a third of their music. Upbeat. 
Because that, that's oh, yeah, the, it was more like that's ethereal. The thing. And, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is but is, I I think about when I think about tones on tail, tail or tails. God, what am I tones on tail? Yeah, tail. Okay, yeah. I always do that like an American tail or American tail. <laughs> yeah, it's an American tail. Anyway, the songs I like by them mm-hmm. are the upbeat songs. Yeah. Like go, yeah. Oh, go for sure. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody that knows the the, the band, yeah. That they only, well, they technically only had one album, one full album. They had several small releases, like singles and mini albums, and mini EPs, and that. So they have a total collection of about two albums worth of song. But the thing was, because cause, well, because here's basically what happened. Bauhaus was the band, and they were playing, and they they had their run, and internal conflict just basically got the band where they're all f you no f you i'm out and they all the band broke up to the beatles right it, well yeah and then or every other band ever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that broke up that right is. two members of tones on tail of, of two of bauhaus got together along with their guitar technician that would tour with them you know he was their touring guitar tech and the three of them formed tones on tail and you can listen to their music and you'll hear this really weird saxophone filled experimental soundscape thing with you know spoken word bits going on you're like oh that was daniel ash's piece he wrote that Mm -hmm. one he wanted that you know and then you get um kevin haskins stuff what's much more of the song structure oriented thing and then uh glenn Campbelling. Not Campbell. Not Campbell. Campbelling, <laughs> I believe was his name. He had some kind of more jazzy-ish kind of sounding stuff in there. Uh, but it was it was neat. I really liked it. Like a but then they did that. House. They did that for like a year and a half, I want to say. And then they're like, "Well, that was fun. It was an experiment." But then what happened is they uh, reconnected with David J, the bass player from Bauhaus, and Daniel and Kevin and David reformed and became Love and Rockets. To answer the question originally, I would say Love and Rockets is kind of an experimental rock kind of band with a lot of post-punk post-punk influences. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's where I would put them, but I, I would not mm-hmm. consider them a goth band at all. You know what is so weird is when you listen to like a radio station that plays like everything because it's what everybody likes. Yeah, which doesn't mean everything. It means whatever's popular. even like uh, the river that we like to listen Mm -hmm. to, just stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) So Alive comes on. Oh, I know. And I'm like, you know, it's so weird how this is the song that everybody knows by them. And Uh they can't name another fucking song. And this is a song that people, they're cool with playing on these light rock, less talk stations. And and it's like, okay, think about those band members. Like, yeah, yeah, I know they're not in Bauhaus anymore. No, no, right. But do you think that when they were writing that music, they would want to be played on those radio stations? On the... uh, like on the easy listening yeah. songs that you know, yeah. where, where have all the good songs gone? Yeah. to the river. You well, know, this is a this was a popular '80s song. Let's put it in our. our and that's so weird. It's like I'm sitting uh, there thinking to myself, rotation. In what universe was that a popular '80s song? Like I remember it getting a lot of airplay on MTV. Okay, maybe that's why. Maybe it's because it hit MTV. And VH1. Yeah, that's true. I guess the so- see, I I don't know. I just didn't because w- the video was highly produced. And, yeah, and they, I put yeah. it out there. And and I mean, it's not a bad song by any means, but, but it's, it's, it's not, not their the best definition of love and rocket. And here's the other thing: 
you listen to any other song off of that album, it sounds nothing like So Alive. Yeah. Nothing. And it's better. So, <laughs> just saying. I mean, I, mean, I always, th I mean, like, yeah, when, you know, I, I know the song. I know the lyrics. Yeah. But it's <sighs> boring. Well, so many people also. No offense, like, but it's boring. So many people that, are, like, are into Love and Rock. Well, not into Love and Rock, but are, have passing knowledge of love and rockets or someone that uh we know that got a love and rockets tattoo <laughs> we know somebody with a love and rockets <gasps> tattoo. yeah i don't know who that is um, so anyway listener number four? <laughs> oh, okay i didn't know that all right well anyway point being people that are like oh yeah not not like serious fans of love and rockets i'm talking about people that are like oh yeah i like love and rockets yeah i have a love and rockets album or two maybe they probably have earth sun moon and they of course know the song no new tale to tell that's the default mm -hmm. love and rockets song to those people now where i am i like love and rockets me i'm like oh mirror people that's a mm -hmm. great song like that mm -hmm. uh or you know that one oh, well um, off the same album as uh so alive is the i feel speed or um no motorcycle i love that song it's really fast driving uh really really good or um there's one other one i'm thinking of hellbound train it's a kind of a bluesy southern bluesy almost inspired song and i love the way daniel sings that one so this has turned into the love and rockets podcast <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff to talk about. It is. Well, and I guess this this is all related to gothic rock and goth music in general. So, as we mentioned earlier, I really couldn't name a new gothic rock band. I there are they're out there, and honestly, if if somebody wants to look for them to find something that they like of of a new gothic rock band that's in the vein of gothic rock, not any of the other genres that we've mentioned, which we'll probably discuss a little bit here. You know, I would honestly, I would say go to the Wikipedia article for gothic rock. You can get into a freaking and and there's rabbit tunnel. No, you can, but that's what I'm saying is you'll find a link that says list of gothic rock bands. <laughs> go down that. And and find Meerkat you know band names. Hole. Just find a band name that looks cool and search for them on you know Spotify or Pandora or whatever kids are using these days. And and you'll probably find something that you like. So yeah, there's that. Now I do want to say this though. A lot of people I think more modernly, more contemporarily, that's a better word. That think of goth music. They think of like associated styles of music that aren't necessarily goth. Like they'll think of like say Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Marilyn Manson is Nine not... Nine Inch Nails. Well, hold on. That, yeah, that was the next one I was going to mention. Marilyn Manson is not goth rock. He's glam rocker through and through. He's 100% a glam rocker. Now, he definitely has a goth aesthetic with a lot of his look and that, and that's fine. And I give Marilyn Manson credit because he kind of brought that whole I'm a freak look to the mainstream. You know, he made us made the mainstream a little more aware of the fact that of the quote unquote goth freaks sort of thing. You know what I mean? But he's not goth rock. And you said Nine Inch Nails again. Nine Inch Nails. I I their early stuff. Loved the early stuff. Later stuff, not as much. Still some good stuff out there, but just I'm early not. Early stuff. Yeah. I'm not as moved by translator stuff than than the first couple albums. But uh, also not goth music. That uh, Nine Inch Nails. It's like more industrial. Yeah, it's it's definitely more of an industrial music, but. I would like to touch a little bit on industrial music. Okay. Can I say something before you move on? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, Love and Rockets, Ball of Confusion. Oh, great song. Great song? That's off of... It's a cover. Yeah, but wasn't that on uh, off of uh, Seventh 
Dream of a Teenage no. Something or Other. What was the album with the heart and the... The blue cover, right? That, yeah. A blue cover with the heart on it? I think so. Yeah, that was like Seventh Dream of a Teenage Is that what Daydream. Or, or something. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Are you looking it up? Um, anyway, I was going to say that song was a Temptation song. Yeah, yeah. But they did a great job with it, I think. Express is what I was thinking about. It had the heart with the little missile going through it. Yeah, Seventh Dream was the other. They, they, okay, they have two different albums yes. that have that symbol on it. Yes. Well, a few. Uh, but anyway, you're right. The blue one is Seventh Dream. I was thinking about the Express. It's black and red. Well, well, well wait, 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 wait. Just look at the damn thing. Well, I can't because Express was a single, wasn't it? No. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So industrial music. Industrial music is, um, it, it tends to be more electronic oriented. It's got usually heavy synth sections, if not all synthesizer sections. But um, many bands that I would consider industrial have, you know, guitar and or bass mixed in with the, the really aggressive synthesizer sounds. Now, some of the... So aggro. Yeah, right. Lots and lots and lots of really cool stuff in that. But a lot of people would um, associate that with the goth scene as well because of bands like Nine Inch Nails and Ministry is another one. Mm -hmm. Ministry was, is more of what I would call like industrial rock. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe even industrial metal. I'm, I'm looking actually at the Wikipedia article here and they're even saying that like Frank Zappa would be considered like a progenitor to industrial music because he did a lot of synthesizer stuff mm -hmm. uh, early on in that. So, But the thing is about industrial music and why it's associated with goth music is a lot of the you know rivet heads like a lot of people call people that listen to industrial music. You know, they're wearing black clothes but there's like kind of a lot of the metal attachment like D-rings and stuff in the pants or what they call like the bondage style pants or or, or shirts and that tend to be more of the industrial style fashion sense. But the music fits really well with the gothic subculture. A lot of people that are into goth music are also into industrial music. Um, a lot of people that are in the goth and industrial scenes were black. <laughs> yeah, so they're related. <laughs> but what I want to get to also is bands like early industrial bands like Skinny Puppy and Front 242 and Frontline Assembly, those bands which I like all of those bands very much. Really, really heavy in the electronica. You know, it's all synth-driven, all sequencers and synthesizing. Goth electro. Yeah, 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 goth electro is a great way to put it. And so I really like that kind of a music, and I would recommend to anybody who wants to look into just the quote-unquote goth scene at large, look into that stuff too, because that's really good. And it's, granted, it's older music, but it's still really, really good. And that leads to, and, and this is kind of something where I'm going, that... There was a part of the question is, you know, what do we think of the current scene or, you know, what do we think of current bands and that? I'm like, and I'm not really connected with a lot of it, no. but there is one band. It's not a goth band. It's not an industrial band either. Technically, it would be EBM, Electro Body Music, mm -hmm. or, well, there's some other names. Are you going to say who I think you're going to say? VNV Nation. Yes, thank you very much. VNV Nation is probably one of my favorite current bands. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was thinking like them and She Wants Revenge. Right. Um, and uh, Crew Shadows. Oh, Crew Shadows. There's another good one that I, yeah. Crew Shadows is like uh, Dark Wave is what they typically call that. Gar dark Wave and mm -hmm. Ethereal, which is uh, very melodic, uh, synth-driven music, which I really like that. I, I just, I really like VNV Nation, and I put them out there uh, because I like how Ronan approaches music and how he approaches, kind of a life philosophy in that. You know, he's a humanist, and he, he that's apparent in his 
his lyrics when he sings uh, and what he writes about and that he really cares about people and about the world and he seems like a really cool person too and that just to me is really neat to see when you hear a song that's very dark and heavy and driving and it's got this nice percussive line going and everyone's just really moving to it and that and you listen to the words you know you can sometimes almost get lost in it it's really really good music so if I had to answer that you know of a, of a contemporary band that is at least somehow peripherally associated with the goth scene VNV Nation would be the one that I would have to recommend and if you were to put one of those into like a Pandora, Spotify, whatever playlist, you'd probably get a lot of associated things that you'd like to go with that. So I don't know. So do you think we answered our listener's question? I think. <laughs> I think we did. There was a lot of talking going on. Yeah. So, Miss Anonymous. Yeah. Well, that, I just, I re-brought her email up just now. And it's like, what would you say is the best new goth band music in the last five years? I'm just going to say VNV Nation. They're technically not goth, but that's what I'm going to say. They've is. been around longer than the past five years. Yeah, but but, but they have had new stuff yeah. within the last five years is the point. So I think it's, I, I think that's where I would go. I would start with that. And then, and then uh, you can experiment from there, find things that you like and, uh, and just have fun with it because despite the fact that everybody wants to say the goth scene is all about being depressed and dark and that, it's not. It's really not. It's just about accepting and embracing that there is also a darker side of life and that's part of what we're doing. You know, that's part of our life we're living and then so we, you know, celebrate that and bring it out and, and oh, and also the whole idea that you have to wear black all the time, that's also BS. I mean, it's a very popular and common color, but whites and reds are very common. And I mean, like the whole like Victorian style of dress kind of has an unofficial standing within the goth subculture. Mm -hmm. Um, Just don't do steampunk. That's not goth. (laughs) Please don't do steampunk. Steampunk is not goth, people. How many times do you guys have to run it into the ground? I know. All right. So um, we actually have two more emails, but they're going to be brief questions that we can answer this email says from my eye that's that's who it's from (laughs) uh it's actually from listener number three and listener number three writes and asks what will it take to sponsor your podcast the answer is money you give me money you can be a sponsor of our podcast if you give me money and say i want you to say that this podcast is brought to you by the stack of money that listener number three handed to me i will say that that's how you become a sponsor of the podcast. Do you want merch? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and then um, he wrote in another question. As a matter of fact, it was the same day <laughs> and seven minutes after the first one. <laughs> okay. Can you talk more about animals and the drinks you are imbibing? Um, no, I, I don't think we can. I mean, talking about animals and the drinks we are imbibing is like the center of this podcast. So I don't think it's possible to, for us to talk more about them. Yeah. What are we drinking right now? Um, Dunkle beer. Yeah. What oh, is it? No, this is this is a... Um, the Dunkle Donuts? No, well, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a, it's a Dunkle Weizen, which is a... a it just means a dark half of Eisen. Tucker, Tucker, mm. Toucher, Toucher. I don't even know her. I don't know. Touche. I honestly, I don't know how to pronounce this, and I should. I mean, it's T U C H E R, and it's a German beer, so I would imagine it's like Tucker or something like that. I don't know, but it's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's uh, the. I said Dunkel. I yeah, right. I know that. That's the variety. That's okay. the style. That just means um, that means dark. So let's talk about the dude in the pipeline. All right, we got a little more time to talk about things. Yeah. I, I, again, we'll I have no idea this. how this long be, we've been talking. This will end it on a 
dark note. Okay. <laughs> in so with our goths theme. Oh, oh, okay. Before we, we wrap it up on this, let's do the little blurbs here. Okay. If you're listening to this, obviously you know how to find us, but we want to point out that this has been recorded using the Bumpers app and you can get your own podcast, bumpers.fm. They do not sponsor us. I am saying this because I appreciate the platform that they have and I think it's really cool. And if you're listening to this anywhere else other than where we recorded it, check out bumpers.fm. It's a really cool app. Makes making a podcast super easy. You can make one too. If you make a podcast and tell me about it, I'll listen to yours. You just listen to mine. You (laughs) can also download our stuff through iTunes and the Google Play Music Store. Um, This podcast is Drinks and Talks, all spelled out. And our other partner podcast to this is Sid vs. Coco. That's our song challenge one. Um, You can contact us. Is that all one word? It's all one word. Yeah. It's S-Y-D-V-S-C-O-C-O. Just search for that on iTunes or on Google and you'll find the podcast there. Uh, If you want to ask us a question, you can send it to Sid versus Coco 11. That's S-Y-D-V-S-C-O-C-O-1-1 at gmail.com. Send us your questions. We will answer them on the air because even though we're not actually broadcasting over the airwaves, people still call this on the air. So we will answer your questions. Um, but tune in. Our, our next season of the Song Challenge will be getting underway sometime. I'm not really sure because of surgery and moving. We might have a temporary hiatus for that. But uh, I'm sure we can squeeze in some time. The next season, though, uh, we want to do Gothic Rock. Pay attention for that one. That'll be fun. Yes. Right? Okay, so that's fun. Yeah, so awesome. Let's talk about this pipeline thing, which is, I'm sure, going to give me the heebie jeebies. <laughs> it did you, it did me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so on Monday, there was a man with his brother and I believe a friend who were hiking around Jenkinson Lake up in El Dorado County. And they followed a horse trail. And this is, you know, coming from the brother's story who knows how this happened and so there were some old pipes in the area that they entered and somehow yeah it well <laughs> go ahead I'll, I'll say the f- the f- pipe according to the article that we read it was a 42 inch concrete pipe i saw a picture of this in the article and there's it's a big like irrigation head wall with a 42 inch pipe going through it. This is not something that a person ordinarily decides to just go walking into, climbing into because it was at a 40%, 40%, 40 degree? Yeah, 40 degree. 40 degree incline. Yeah. I mean, come on. But anyway. Don't be stupid. So go ahead. So they they crawl up this pipe. They crawl up this pipe and somehow there is another pipe that's in use for the water treatment facility where all this raw water goes through to go into the plant where they treat it so that it becomes available to the homes for drinking water and Mm -hmm. other means. Uh, I don't know how, but the brother was ahead of the other guys and got in a pipeline that was in use and somehow drowned. And his body ended up at the end of the pipeline that was like one and a half to two miles long Yeah, and up against the screen. Ugh. That collects the debris in the water before yeah. it gets treated. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the lesson here is, folks, if you see a dark, large concrete pipe, don't crawl inside. Yeah. I mean, come on. Who does that? 
I mean, you know, once you're in that and that's happening, you are going to die. There is no way out. Yeah. I mean, who does that? Stupid people. I mean, and then reading the article, like, you know, the, there was that first pipe that they crawled up. I think it said there was something like 80 feet of elevation. They went up. So 80 feet in a 42-inch pipe, that's like going from your the street in front of your house all the way into the middle of your backyard in a pipe underground. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that. And then it said they, they got into a concrete room that had a six-foot wall in it. I believe it said it was a vented room. So I don't know mm-hmm. if it was open or if it just had small grates it open. It probably had to, grates. But I mean, I don't know how big they were or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they climbed over the wall and entered another pipe. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do people do this? Why? Like... Already, I would be like... You reached the end of the road here. Right. Let's go back. You know, I mean, there are people that do things like this. Curiosity kills the cat. Right, no, no. (laughs) But the the people that do things like this regularly, like cave spelunkers, they have special equipment that they use. They do as much investigation as they can on the caves that they're crawling into. And they have, like, equipment and training and practice for being in emergency situation. And even those people would not crawl up a 42 inch concrete culvert because they're like, oh, this is a man-made structure used to convey water. I don't need to go in there, but there you go. And it was supposed to be a restricted area, but from what I could tell, and there were also pictures in the article mm-hmm. stating that they, they showed the horse trail that they were following that led to this area. Yeah. And so, like the brother said, it is possible that anybody could have gotten into that area and into that pipe, including children. Yeah. And if that's the case, there could be somewhat of a lawsuit. Now, I only say that because people will say this is a wrongful death. And and if there had been fencing, it could have been prevented. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they might get a small portion of money for that. But number one, it's not going to bring the dude back. And number two, it was his own doing. Yeah, that's always my thing, too. It's like I understand that when somebody dies, there's expenses associated with it for, you know, you know, just the, for funerals and burial costs and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And if that person happened to be supporting a family, there's lost wages, there's all of that to deal yeah. with. Um, and if the person's death causes an undue hardship on the family, I understand the purpose of a wrongful death suit and remunerations being made. I still have a problem with a person clearly doing something of their own folly and resulting in their own death. I mean, how far does somebody have to go, you know, say uh, an irrigation system operator, which this was the Eldorado Irrigation System, Mm -hmm. or Irrigation District, I believe, right? Right. I mean, how far do they have to go to make it obvious? I mean, the guys, like the article said, he crawled up over 80 feet of a 42 inch pipe at a 40 degree incline, and then climbed over a wall inside a concrete room. All of these structures clearly are not human trails or pathways these are for professionals water structures people that go in to make sure that the structure is is okay and not corrode and and break away or whatever yeah that's crazy and even if there is a pipe that that isn't used anymore Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that there's not going to be another one (laughs) right right i mean that that man-made lake Mm-hmm. is in use. Yeah. So assume that there are pipes leading yeah, to exactly. other pipes somehow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I know. Well, do we have anything else to add to this podcast? I do not. I don't do either. You? 
Okay. No, I think I'm done. I'm. I'm. Uh, it's getting a little chilly out here in Studio A. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, what are, are we? Are we gonna rechristen Studio A, Studio B when we get to the new place, or are we gonna call it Studio C? Oh, uh, just call it the new headquarters. The new headquarters. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I guess if there's nothing else, then that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Do you want to add anything else? I hope y'all had a good evening.